everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird show. And is he still in a trial period and trial period boy? We, we can we can do that. But like I, I mentioned earlier, the name of the show is not changing. No, no. We Please. have spent... It breaks things. It was spent <laughs> years. We have built this brand. We cannot change it. So it's and, it's like having, you know, the Smith and Sons and he only has daughters. <laughs> yeah, there, well there's there's that. I I was going to say if we changed it the guy on the Great Pottery Throwdown would start crying. Okay, but the guy <laughs> on the Great Pottery Throwdown is going to cry regardless. Like I don't understand why he cries. He, he's he's just very emotional about pottery. I mean, He's an amazing potter and all. It is fascinating to watch. I mean, it, it it's just like anybody who is super skilled at, you know, whether it's glass blowing or pottery or whatever. It is fascinating to watch them do something that you know is super hard and you can't do. And it looks like it. there's no effort. I understand that. <laughs> but I mean, in my off hours when I am a maker, I have never gotten so emotional about the things that I have made or that my friends have made. That's where it's like, I, I see that artist maker divide. Like there's a something visceral that goes on with him. Clearly, you need to put more of yourself into your craft. If I bleed any more on those quilts, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. I can only sew my finger to a piece of fabric so many times. So where we're going to start off with, and it, as much as this is something that really is only hit about two hours ago, I am not yet going to give it the breaking news tag. I do not believe it has earned it. Well, that's because you don't trust the source yet. That, that's the thing is I've only seen this in one place. Um, yes, it hit Reddit, but it's only shown up in one spot. So I'm not sure I completely trust it as of yet. But according to Racing News 365, again, not sure who they are. That's a source you check all the time, isn't it? Yeah. They are claiming that Toto Wolf has shared details of a positive COVID-19 test, which happened in the middle of January. Okay, well, that was a week ago. Yeah, so according to him, and it, according to Race News 365, Racing News 365, they're saying that uh, Toto had no symptoms, um... Basically, they were planning to stay for a few days in Kitzbühel. Um, then out of nowhere, he had a positive COVID test, so they quarantined themselves for 10 days. But that's all we have. Well, and, and, and this, uh, I guess he, he made this statement to Austrian TV. But we don't even know what network at Austrian TV. Oh, you mean there's more than one network in Austria? I'm assuming. I mean, maybe there's just like one television set. And he just told it to that one set. Um, I, I'm just a little bit worried about our Austrian viewers at the moment who are just <laughs> screaming at the podcast right now, just being like, W, just stop. So here's the thing. The Austrian viewers, I don't care about because we don't have any video. <laughs> Austrian listeners, I'm a little more concerned about. But the Austrian viewers, that nah, tough. <laughs> you see they're watching it on austrian television yeah I which mean, is obviously yeah. one tv in the middle if, of the mountains if you're watching this podcast on austrian tv 
You're doing it wrong. Yeah. I can't help you, man. I'm sorry. But I can't. Our, our, our intern um, does bring up a good point. I do not <laughs> wish to alienate any of the listeners, including the massive Austrian uh audience that we do have and maintain so i am sorry if in advance if i have insulted your one television set and your possibly one television network so while we are on the topic of toto wolf and mercedes i have to point out they still only have one driver under contract okay but i watched lewis hamilton's insta feed twitter feed where he was you found him on instagram i'm pretty sure i do mm. i know i follow him on twitter i saw something from him on facebook where it looked like he was sitting on a couch doing some sort of video call i don't i think it might have been on zoom on a macbook pro with a little touch pad i, I saw that too and no. with, with roscoe draped next to him in the paw across the keyboard well, that's sort of exactly like our life. Yeah, well. Um, no, I watched, I, he did some video where he was cross-country skiing in his workout prep, and he's all in Mercedes gear, so, and he's got his personal trainer, the girl that follows him around, um, so it all looked like it was all prepped for the season, so I can't imagine that he was out there prepping for something he's not doing. I know, and... It, it, it seems really weird that this has not occurred. And and I can't imagine, in one way or the other, that Lewis would not be doing his training. Um, there's been some unusual posts over the last couple of weeks coming from Mercedes. Like one, it was just a picture of a pen with the Mercedes logo saying, we've got it ready. Um, th- there was also, and I think it was either today or was it yesterday, um, it was like an an on this day type of post 13 years ago, Lewis started his journey with us and it was his first day at the factory and somebody commented, does this mean he signed his contract? And Mercedes responded back with, well, 13 years ago he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I will tell you that wherever he is, he's cross country skiing specifically in a high altitude um, and he was talking about the air being thinner and it was, I guess, part of his COVID recovery because of the breathing issues hmm. um, was to challenge his breathing more as part of that. It was kind of fascinating to see what he was doing. He did claim that he was not any good at cross-country skiing. Now, I do know he has spent time in the Rockies mm-hmm. in Colorado. I don't know if that's where he is now or if he's possibly staying in Europe. I'm I got assuming the impression, he would stay in Europe. I got the impression he was in Europe. But uh, I, I know in the past he has gone to the Rockies and done training up there. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> later, um, you know, time changing, time differences and such, I will pick up the phone and I will call my buddy Lewis and just see where he is. I'll take his temperature. It'll be okay. Okay. You, you do that. Hey, from, well, you know, we got a couple ways we could go with this. We can go from one world champion to another. We could go former teammates. Pool boy? Well, yours, not mine. <laughs> We'd have to have a pool. Yeah, there, there, there's that too. You, to- you specifically told me no pools. No, you told me no pools. 
No, it was the other way around. No, you said... We're not having a pool. No pools. And instead, we have a hot tub. Um, and you declare that you want rid of it. So, no, I used to. I, I have grown to appreciate it when it's not 90 degrees out. Um. Well, because you don't <laughs> use it when it's 90 degrees out. And we do have our own pool boy, so... Well, there, there's that too. <laughs> However, it is not this pool boy that you really want. Oh, well, that's true. Now I'll let you, yeah. Okay, so Jensen Button is returning to Williams. He is. But not to drive. No. <laughs> um, so the story is pretty simple. Um, Jensen Button has been signed as a senior advisor, I think is his title. or yeah, senior... senior advisor to provide advice and guidance to the team at Grove along with helping support and develop race and academy drivers. So that's what he's going to be doing, but he is returning to his roots. Now, what I found utterly fascinating was when this, A, when the story broke, um, I got a push notification from the F1 app, and it was hmm. it was all, get out your Tamagotchi, because... Really? Jensen, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jensen's returning to Williams. And so, of course, I clicked through, because, hello, clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> Um, and I clicked through this thing and I'm telling you the first half of that article was all throwbacks to the eighties and nineties when Jensen drove for Williams. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And it took me three reads to understand that he was going as a senior advisor and not as a driver. And I kept trying to figure out, but they signed two drivers. Like I couldn't like... Squaring that well, circle I, made no sense. It was some of the poorest written article I've ever seen. Well, actually, Williams has signed a third driver. Okay. Roy Nassani will be returning as Williams' test and development driver. Well, that's awesome. For Roy. <laughs> <laughs> the rest I mean, of us is like, oh, well, okay, we've, great. We've yeah, never whatever. met Roy, so. Sure. Well, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, he's got uh, more of a super license than some of the former people that have driven for Well, yeah, there's that too. So um, one of the things that will not be changing with Jensen's new role is he will still uh, be doing his punditry work for Sky Sports. So if you liked him on Sky and the things that he was doing on Sky, he will continue to do that stuff. And if you didn't like him on Sky, you're wrong. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I mean, the the truth is to really enjoy, and, and, and we've talked about this before, to really enjoy the Jensen Button moments when it comes to the commentary and punditry and all of that stuff. The one thing we don't have is the other two partners in crime that really go and set him up. David Cothard and Mark Weber. Yep. I mean, the trio there. We wouldn't even need to have a race at that point. No, pretty much <laughs> pretty much a grid walk with the three of them. Yeah. I could watch that for days. Yeah. Especially when Team Principal snub Cothard. And well, he gets yeah. snippy at him. I mean, he gets snippy at Team Principals. <laughs> it's that. And what is it with Cothard and the butt grabbing? I, I I don't know. I, I yeah that that one I didn't want to try and understand. I was letting that one go. Yeah, I can't. Just not. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. 
So he's going to still be part of the Sky Sports team. Mm-hmm. And he will be advising Williams. And that's really not an unprecedented type of relationship. Um, because Karun Chandok, mm-hmm. who used to be Channel 4 and now, now is with Sky as well, his side gig, I guess <laughs> the best way to put it, his side hustle, <laughs> is he is the official Williams historic driver. Okay. So when they need a driver that they trust to trot out the classic cars somewhere, Williams calls Karun. Okay. And Paul DeResta, who's also a pundit for Sky, is the reserve driver for some team. I don't know if he's still a reserve driver. He may have he finally, was. like, stopped. But he got pulled off of being on yeah, the show. to go drive for Williams. To go drive for Williams. Yeah. So Williams and Sky, they might be the same team. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. We got to think about that. No. Um, honestly, I think it's really cool that he's doing this. I mean, I like Jensen. He's a smart guy. He, he's mm-hmm. done a lot of really cool. He's and, personable. And he's personable. From what we've seen. In, in our experience with Jensen, he's been personable. My problem with the whole story was nothing to do with Jensen or Williams. It was that the writer was doing mental gymnastics to try to talk about him like returning home when literally the only thing that is the same about the team is the name. Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, that that is the only thing. And, And in a lot of ways, this is more of a symbolic move than anything else from that perspective. Um, but this is the team that Jensen did get started with. Um, unlike Mark Weber, Jensen had very warm feelings for Williams and really appreciated the time that he spent with Williams and the way Williams treated him. Um, so in a lot of ways, this is him going back home, mm-hmm. even though it is a different team. And Jensen says that, you know, of the team and of what he's seeing and part of the reason why he's going back, he says he thinks that the, the new management is not afraid of change. He said in Formula One, all of the teams have a set of things that they do and the way that they work and the way they go about it. I think they're trying to change that and they're trying to change the sport up a bit. They're not afraid to try new things, but the people who are running the team are very experienced. They have some great ideas and there's definitely a good atmosphere in the team. So... I mean, yes, some of it is the PR fluff, positive comments that you kind of have to make on day one of a new job here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it sounds kind of promising. I'd, I'd be very fascinated to see what he's going to be able to bring to Williams. I really am. Plus, any time that we get to have more Jensen, it's like better <laughs> than more cowbell. It, yeah, but this isn't a public role. No. But it's still more Jensen. It's keeping okay. Jensen F1 adjacent. Got it. And that's all that matters to you. Wow. He is F1 adjacent. Okay, but how long has Jackie Stewart been F1 adjacent? True. And I love Sir Jackie. Okay. I wouldn't want him as my pool boy, though. A good plan. He's a little short. Anyway, so Sauber. <laughs> totally unrelated. We're going a different direction now. Oh, Okay. Um, so, as you'll recall, we had talked uh, a couple of weeks ago that Sauber had extended the partnership with Alfa Romeo 
and the funding deal that, that came with that through the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, with that ending, I guess there were some rumors that maybe Sauber might look in 22 to go a different direction um, with the knowledge that Renault has no customers and they ah. really want customers. Um, it now sounds like Alfa Romeo is going to extend the deal with Ferrari through 2025. Um, word is that the shareholders like the stability. That's what they're really looking for for the team at this point. Um, so they want uh, the deal to be extended, the, the power units to continue. But what apparently is now up in the air is the fate of the Alfa Romeo name. Ah, because it's only through the end of this year. Only through the end of this year. And the big thing that happened, and, and we haven't spoken about because it, it hasn't really impacted Formula One much, is uh, Fiat Chrysler Group, which mm-hmm. owns Alfa Romeo and Ferrari, merged earlier, actually late last year, with Peugeot. Okay. And the combined company is called Stellantis. It is the fourth largest automaker in the world. Oh, wow. So there's some question as to what the future might be with the Alfa Romeo name. So if Sauber is now Toro Rosso. Nope. Nope. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo, my bad. And Alfa Romeo is owned by the same people who own Ferrari. Mm Mm-hmm. Would that make them kind of like the relationship that Red Bull had with Toro Rosso? Uh, similar. Uh, yes and no. So Sauber has, they've run Ferrari engines for a while. And they're not quite the B team that Toro Rosso is. Haas has really stepped up into that role in the Ferrari ecosystem because they buy every part from Ferrari that they can buy. So Sauber has started out as its own team. They've aligned themselves with Ferrari. They've got some common sponsorships and some common uh, money, but they do still stand a little bit more independent than the Toro Rosso Red Bull Alpha Tori Toro Rosso deal. Yeah, it's not the the child type arrangement. Now that said, in terms of Ferrari Academy drivers they will get placed at Alfa Romeo before they go to some of these other places. Um, that kind of a thing. And when they needed a, a, a seat for Kimi, when they kicked him <clears throat> out of Ferrari, they gave him to Alfa Romeo. So there's there's some sharing. But there won't be a phone call to Alfa Romeo if one of their drivers are holding up a Ferrari driver. There's not going to be a call from Ferrari to Alfa Romeo saying, get out of the way. There might be a call from Red Bull to Toro or to Alpha Tori saying, "Get out of the way." I think technically they can't. I thought I read that. They're when not I read, supposed to. When I but. read the sporting regulations, you know, I did read all of it. They're not supposed to. Was that so that you could become a part of like a drive for a team with your uh, super license that you wrote like super onto it? No, I didn't read that. I was really hoping to have lunch with. Um, uh, Ross Braun. Ah. Uh. And uh, I wanted to be able to be up on my sporting regulations so that we could talk shop during our lunch. But I sadly, dad wouldn't buy the option for me to have lunch with Ross Braun. It was expensive. Yeah. And you had to be in Australia. And since it was 
coronavirus times and everything got wiped off the board, it would have been a total waste. But I would have been in Australia. Maybe not. And I might not have been able to come home. There you go. <laughs> so, anyway. So, um, engines. Yeah, speaking of the whole engine thing, I know that since Honda's pulling out of Formula One and Renault is looking for customers, they're looking for any customers except for Red Bull, aren't they? Well, actually, I think it's the other way around that Red Bull says that they'll pretty much go anywhere but to Renault. But nobody else wants them. Well, so a couple of things have happened this week. So first of all, um, we know that Red Bull has been pushing for a freeze on the engine specifications. Um, they want the freeze to go in effect essentially from 2022 to 20, 2026, which is when the current formula and engine rules are supposed to expire. Mm-hmm. They're pushing kind of hard for that. Um, I guess Mercedes initially was against it. They're now saying that they're kind of okay with it. And uh, Ferrari, of all people, is also saying that, you know, this might not be a bad idea. The holdout is actually Renault. Interesting. Now, Red Bull has, and, and Helmut Marco in particular, has stated that if the rules get frozen, even though Honda is pulling out of the sport and ending their involvement, Red Bull has a multi-year deal with Honda ready to go to continue to get engines from them. Mm-hmm. But it's contingent on the rules being frozen. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And you you, you see how Honda can play that game and Red Bull, because it'll come over, it'll be a Red Bull engine at that point. They're going to remove, they're going to, you know, little dental floss to pop off the Honda badge. Slap on a Red Bull sticker. I think it's held on with a little bit more than double-sided tape. Okay, so it'll be the dental floss and the heat gun and some goo gone. Yes, definite goo gone. And then they're going to slap the Red Bull Flugtog sticker on top of it in that spot. No, I think they're just not going to get rid of the Honda sticker and just slap it right on top and say, it's a Red Bull car. <laughs> and whenever someone questions the Honda sticker below it, it's um they just say no we just made it right so that's the big push is to get the rule free so that they have engines if development is allowed to continue that causes them a problem because they can't develop right the specification changes and that's an issue and helmet marco has come out and said that if they can't get the rule freeze quote, Red Bull will have to rethink its approach, its position to Formula One. Well, and he insists that that's not blackmail. And in a way, I, I see where he's coming from. But, yeah. But every team, when they're like trying to position themselves for something that they really need mm-hmm. or want, says... Give it to me if, or I'm leaving. Yeah. I mean, for how many times has Ferrari threatened? Mm-hmm. So, I'll believe it when I see it, but I can, I can, I'm willing to bet they're going to get their rule freeze so that they can continue with Honda engines for a while. Well, it depends on whether or not they can convince Renault. And given the fact that 
Renault knows that they've got Ferrari or, or they've got Red Bull kind of over a barrel here? I don't know. Okay, but... It, I mean, it's an interesting position for... Well, it's not even Cyril Abitbull now. But wait. Mm-hmm. Renault got dragged over the coals by Christian Horner. Yeah, they did. So, on one hand, yeah, Renault's got Red Bull over the over a barrel, but Red Renault also knows that if they give Red Bull, if they work out a deal and become their engine supplier again to get around this, Christian's not gonna play nice. Yeah, he's not. A, they're not good partners when it comes to engines. No, they're not, and. That, I think that's a large part of their problem is, you know, nobody really wants to do business with them considering how they treated Renault. Exactly. So next week, even though winter testing is not until March, mm-hmm. Ferrari is hosting a private five-day test at Fiorano. Really? Which is, which is if, if you're unaware, in Marinello, where the plant is, the backyard of the plant is a private test track. That okay. is the Fiorano test track. I, I, I made it up to the gate and tried to convince the guard that, that I was Sebastian Vettel and he wasn't buying it. So, Because uh, your German sucks. Well, there was that, and I guess he had issues with you know, the, the Fiat Panda being brought onto the track as well. That was maybe Sebastian might not have been driving a rental Fiat Panda. I don't know, but hey. That you you tried to strip the reverse gear he out. I had of. no idea that that was the case. And I did not try and strip the reverse gear. It was more that I toasted the clutch in the rental car lot at the airport trying to get it into reverse because I didn't know there was a interlock switch. But I figured it out. After the clutch started to go. Hey, again, did not get a bill for a replacement clutch. So it was a win. <laughs> hey, did you watch... Did you, Have you seen Carlos Sainz's uh, social media where he took pictures of him wearing his new uh, team colors? No. I mean, I saw that there were... Pictures of him into team colors, but yeah, it's like first day in team color pictures. It's like ah. a first day at school pictures. <laughs> so he's doing a private test. Well, it's not just him. So Carlos Sainz will be driving the SF71H, I believe. Yes, um, which is the car that raced through 2018, and that was a decent car, won six races, so okay. not a bad car. Um, but it's not just him. Uh, over the five days. Um, Science will drive Wednesday and Thursday in Fiorano alongside Charles Leclerc because um, Charles is feeling better apparently and has been cleared to travel. Uh, but also participating will be um, Formula 2 drivers and members of the Ferrari Driver Academy, uh, Robert Schwartzman and Marcus Armstrong. Uh, and I believe even, um, well, we got Giuliano Alesi, but we don't know if Callum Eilat will be present. And I heard a rumor that maybe Mick Schumacher may be participating as well. Interesting. That's some young drivers to pal around with. I'm sure mm-hmm. that Carlos has got some buds in that group. Yeah. Well, after all, you got to keep in mind, and this is something that Carlos has said rather recently, 
he wants to make a friendship with um, Charles Leclerc because he kind of likes being friends with his teammate because his teammate is, being friends with his teammate allows him after like qualifying even if he gets out qualified he's always satisfied because if he um, qualifies um, behind his teammate that's good his teammate is doing well and he's friends with his teammate if he qualifies ahead of his teammate that's good it means they beat his teammate either way it's good so and it's a good outlook to take where I, I really wonder is well first of all Charles is a very very different person to Lando Norris and you know the, the with the the personality differences I I wonder if they will have a similar relationship but but even outside of that Ferrari being Ferrari and the fact that they have and always want that number one driver and it's great for for um for carlos to say you know i want to be buddies and and we got to get along and and root for my friend and all of that but if they end up in a situation which ferrari drivers have ended up in before that it is they're close for points it's a close championship that that really it's a lot tighter you got to wonder how well such a friendship is going to survive, especially if you end up with a situation where Ferrari makes a decision to provide good parts to one car and not the other, or gives one a preferential race strategy because he is leading in the points in the championship and makes a radio call that says that one driver is faster than the other driver and you mm-hmm. need to get out of the way multi-21 nope that was no. Red Bull oh. yeah no it, it was Ferrari radioing Felipe Massa and going Fernando is faster than you which was a team order of get out of Fernando's way yeah so I mean I applaud I applaud Carlos for trying it, and I hope it works. But I think it's a wait, and, especially since we know that Carlos is a fierce competitor, and it's one of the reasons why he did not get along with Max. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So over to the calendar. Yes. Um, Stefano Domenicali, mm-hmm. the new boss of Formula One. We have not confirmed if he has unique facial hair. We, we know that Stefano does not have unique facial hair, nor does he have Harry Potter glasses. So this is a complete departure of the Liberty Media marketing push. It is. And, you know, right now, we, we've got to be nice to Stefano. You know, when he was at Ferrari, he, he was evil. We didn't like him. <laughs> Taxi drivers, anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Um, but... You know, he, he's well-respected in the paddock. Mm-hmm. They were all excited that he would be coming because he knows the sport. He knows how it works, what what's good about it, what's not good about it. So we got to be nice to him. In, until he, he pulls a fan-unfriendly maneuver, we got to be nice to him. But one of the things that he has said is that um, 
while they have not announced additional changes to the calendar, um, he says that he is insisting that Formula One take a very flexible approach to the calendar. Um, he readily admits that there is a pretty good chance that it's going to change and it's going to change some more. He says that at this point he is on the phone with organizers almost daily. Mm. And I'm assuming business day that he doesn't talk to them on the weekends. Mm. But he is on the phone with organizers daily. Um, He also says that they do have additional quote-unquote replacement tracks lined up if they need to re-rack the schedule. Well, that's outstanding. It really reminds me, this, this whole story reminds me of that scene from American President when they're in the limo and uh, Michael J. Fox tells the president and the press secretary that he tells all of his dates that all plans are tentative until an hour before and then <laughs> confirms and, and uh, the press secretary looked at him and is like, you don't date much, do you? <laughs> So, yeah, the, the idea that the calendar is in pencil, I think it shocks absolutely no one. Um, I'm really just, I'm personally thrilled that they're coming up and living by our personal family's motto of have backup plans and have backup plans for your backup plans. Yep. It sounds better in Latin when we say that, but. It does. So, this weekend... And, and I was a little surprised by this. Not so much by the story, but more by, by the fact that this weekend is Rally Monte Carlo. Oh, okay. Well, I was surprised by it because I was like, I didn't know that they still have that race. I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> so you how see how you... much we follow WRC because it's, it's apparently still a sanctioned WRC race and everything. So how did you find out that there was Rally Monte Carlo going in? Um, word came out earlier this week that Esteban Ocon was going to take part in the opening two special stages of the Monte Carlo Rally in an Alpine A110S sports car. Now, unlike what the headline originally said, he's not driving in both of those stages. He's only driving in one stage. Okay, so he's in... First one is a passenger. So he's riding in a stage. Right. Riding in a stage... And then driving in a second one. And I saw this and I'm like, oh, cool. And and this was how I realized that actually Rally Monte Carlo was this weekend. I'm like, well, okay, when is it? And discovered, oh, at 6 o'clock Central Time on Sunday night that actually it was still going on. Um, <laughs> but went combing through the... Because you got to go to the Automobile Club of Monaco. Same organizing party for the Formula One race. Mm-hmm. You go to their website and then I go poking through and I'm looking through. I'm like, okay, where's, how, how did he do? Can't find him. Okay, well, maybe I'm just looking at the wrong stage because there's like 14 stages. So I'm clicking through and start with the first stage. No Esteban Oka. Second stage. No, what's going on here? And then I go digging in a bit more of, no, no. He was in, there There were special stages before the start of the actual event. Oh. So he was part of the pre-game show. Essentially. So the first stage that he participated in, and this is the best way to put it, is participate in it, was basically a ride-along with somebody to give him some familiarity with the course and what it looked like. And then the second special stage, which was for quote-unquote VIPs, 
was to go and draw, actually drive the course. So I have no idea what the timing was because it's not posted. It lists special stages as a tab on the website, but it doesn't have any info as to like what the standings were or anybody. But apparently he did drive a car. Ooh. <laughs> So that, that, okay, we are hitting the bottom of the barrel of news that we have now gotten to. It was Formula One driver drives car. It was a slow week. Wait, is the Alpine the kind of like the Renault in this form right here or is this? Well, remember Alpine is the performance brand of Renault. I was asking if this was they have always been alpine or if this was just part of Renault's whole switch into having a lot of their motorsports things be run under alpine i just think esteban ocon was bored and needed something to do this weekend kind of kind of something along those lines hey he, he thought hey this would be cool because by the way as i'm going and i'm scrolling through let's see the first actual official stage and i look at the entries here i see hyundai i see a lot of toyota yaris's um, a couple of Ford Fiestas, Skoda Fabia, uh, VW Polo, Citroen C3s. Those are um, all hot hatches. Oh, here we go. I found it. Down in 21st, the Alpine A110 is Cedric Robert and Matthew Duval. 23rd is another Alpine 110, Emmanuel Gujou and Alexandre Coria. Uh, and then we scroll down some more. 34th is another Alpine. Oh, well, the Peugeot's in 37th. Um, <laughs> so maybe Alfa Romeo doesn't want to rebrand as a Peugeot. Well. Just as a thought. I don't know. What's Any- with this whole hatred towards Peugeot? No hatred towards Peugeot. It's oh. just if they're 37th in the rally Monte Carlo, then maybe it's not as awesome as the Alfa Romeo name. Uh, oh, and this is this was live timing. As we record this, that was live that the Alpines were that far down. Um, <laughs> so, okay. so what's the car that's in the top of the rally Monte Carlo? Since this is live, let's give people up to the minute as of the time that we're recording, not the time of... You just want me to say some of these names. No, I just want to know what the top car is. It's a Hyundai i20 Coupe WRC. Okay, and the driver's name? Ot Tanak, and co-driver is Martin Jarvioja. Okay, and on that note... <laughs> I, I don't know, so the flag is blue, black, and white. I don't know what that is. Anyway, our last story. Yes. This was not our last story. I know. Our last story is what we know so far about new car launches. Okay. And what's coming. So we, like we mentioned last week, we know testing. We know when that's going to be. Bahrain, March 12th to the 14th. So in terms of what's been announced so far, Mercedes, not announced. Red Bull. Not announced. However, they have announced that they are going to be calling their their car this year the RB16B. And that's because of the number of parts that are being carried over from the previous year. Okay. Because last year was the RB16. So RB16B. Um, McLaren, McLaren, so they've been playing games. 
Of course McLaren they is re- their social media folks have been just really enjoying trolling the fans. Oh, they have. So for starters, McLaren has officially announced that this year's car will be called the MCL 35M because of their converting to the Mercedes Mercedes power. Last year's car was the MCL 35. There is some changes that are being made to the car to obviously accommodate the Mercedes power unit, but the social media folks, they posted a picture of a very small part of what appears to be the car in the papaya orange with written on it, MCL 35M 2021 livery. <laughs> okay. The other thing that Mercedes did. Mercedes? To, or, or not Mercedes, that McLaren did to troll their fans. And this popped up on Reddit. I, I have not been able to find the picture elsewhere. But they posted a sticker black sticker with the the you know it was like an inventory sticker that said mcl 35b or 2021 mcl 35b you know like an inventory with a qr code underneath it so when you followed the qr code you ended up here A little minute work. Okay. <laughs> right to the YouTube video of the men in work. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, Aston Martin has all we know, all that they have revealed so far, is they'll be running the all-new British Racing Green livery. Told you it was going to be British Racing Green. And they have shown pictures of the Aston Martin wings with convergent technologies underneath it with British Racing Green. but And, and that it will be revealed at an event in March. Oh, like testing's an event? Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Alpine, um, the A521, which we talked about last week, um, they that will be revealed at a, quote, event in February. Okay. Um, Ferrari expects to unveil its SF21 um, just ahead of preseason testing in Bahrain. Um, They want to hold a team launch event in the early part of this year with a car showcase waiting until later. Alfa Tori is expected to announce a launch date for its car. They haven't done that yet, uh, but we do know that they apparently have a filming day booked in Imola on the 23rd to the 25th of February. And their social media is not quite as on point as McLaren's, <laughs> but they were one of the few F1 teams to pick up the Bernie Sanders meme. They were. They were. And sat Bernie next to uh, Gasly on the podium. Yeah, on the podium at, at uh, Monza. Um. <laughs> Alfa Romeo was the first team to confirm, uh, excuse me, the first team to confirm a launch date for its 2021 car. They will reveal their C41 at an event in Warsaw, Poland on February 22nd. Um, Haas has not announced anything. Um, Williams not announced anything. Well, they just got a strategic advisor. Yeah. Um, Now, I saw an F1 post on... Twitter, I think, 
um, that had a, a grid of all of the cars mm-hmm. and the manufacturers and they're with their dates of their launches underneath it and it said so who's next and the only one that was filled out was like the one that announced their date no oh. that was it yeah that that would be alfa romeo yeah that was it they're like <laughs> okay who's next yeah <laughs> so i mean the the good news is that we should start seeing announcements at, at least of when the dates are going to be over the course of the next two weeks well, the good news is we're not that far off from March. Yeah. And not being far off from March means that we get to go racing again. We Hopefully hope. everybody <laughs> is healthy to do that. Yeah. So if Toto actually has COVID. We'll have confirmation in the next 24 hours. But Well, I was going to wish him a speedy recovery. Well... Based on what that article had said, they did 10 days in quarantine. They're out of it now, and he was asymptomatic. Okay. But, you know, by the time we have gotten to the end of this recording, and I get it's only been 45 minutes, no other source has popped up and said, Total Wolf had COVID. So we'll see what happens here. Well, we will keep everyone informed in not anything close to real time. Because this is a podcast, not the news. And on that note, we'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Are they all gone? Is, is there is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. <laughs> a little break? Okay.